Hello, listeners, and welcome to COVID Coffee Chats at UCalgary, a podcast brought to you by the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning. My name is Maya Anderson, and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a grad student in the Workland School of Education, and I'm interested in finding out more about teaching and learning during COVID-19. I feel like we all have incredible stories and insights about how this pandemic has changed our lives and how it's changed the way we teach and the way we learn. So each episode, I'll chat with a UCalgarian and get their take on what teaching and learning has been like during COVID-19. And perhaps if we share these stories, we can learn a thing or two. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. With me this afternoon, I have Dr. Carrie Black from the Schulich School of Engineering. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Hi, Maya. So could you start by giving a brief introduction to who you are and what you do here at UCalgary? Um, so my name is Carrie Black, and I am an assistant professor in the Department of Civil Engineering in the Schulich School of Engineering. And I'm also a Canada Research Chair in Integrated Knowledge, Engineering, and Sustainable Communities. Sounds good. So we're interested in learning more about teaching and learning through COVID. And so how are things going for you? (laughs) Uh, It's definitely been a a challenging time. I'm also a a newer faculty. So there's a learning curve that goes along with being a new faculty member. And then you throw on the pandemic and things, uh, you know, definitely get a little bit more interesting. Um, I'm lucky to teach a course that I'm really passionate about and courses that I'm really passionate about. So um, I transitioned this year a, a third year required course for our civil engineering students and it's environmental engineering. It's their first sort of introduction to environmental engineering. So it's a good opportunity to get them interested about a topic uh, and a subject, which is also very challenging to do when you're not able to interact face to face. So it's it's been a, it's been a, an adjustment you know professionally and personally because we're also all trying to do this. Um, while navigating at home. <laughs> um, so it's not just the students that are going through that transition, it's, it's us as well as educators. So it's, it, yeah, interesting would be the word that I would use to describe it. <laughs> That's a good word. Um, so what have been the biggest challenges? You kind of mentioned a challenge there, but what ha- have there been any other challenges? Yeah, I think, you know, gauging expect, not gauging, expect, well, yeah, gauging student expectation, but also setting your own expectations in this online space has been difficult. None of us are actually trained in um, online learning. I think we've made the assumption that remote learning and online learning are the same. I was fortunate to work with continuing education at the university, and they were really helpful in helping to better understand the difference between remote learning. So basically just transitioning your course to Zoom-based lectures, but offering the exact same assessments, et cetera, versus online learning. And they were very clear that with online learning, the expectations of the students need to be very clear and set on day one of the class. And so many of us are, especially as a new faculty, you're, you're kind of trying to pull this information together as you go. A lot of it feels really last minute and rushed, even for seasoned faculty members. Um, so setting those expectations on day one, that was a, an interesting hurdle to overcome. They had suggested for an online learning space that you put up every single piece of information that the students require for the entire course on day one. 
And so we worked hard over the summer months to really prepare that information so that it could be sent to the students on day one. Because day one of courses, classes, students had no idea what to expect. They've seen their course outline. They think it's going to be a little bit different. They sort of saw faculty transition halfway through the term last year, um, but not really sure what to expect, what was going to be expected of them and what to expect of their fellow um, uh, colleagues and classmates and what to expect of their faculty. So it was, that first week was critical and um, it was a challenge to get all that information up right away. I will definitely say that was a, a difficult challenge. It requires a tremendous amount of planning, um, but it speaks to some of the, the advantages of it was how it sort of shifted the course later on. But that was one of the challenges. And I also think just being really in touch with the student experience was a challenge as well. We make assumptions that students want to cheat or collaborate more and students want to take the easy way out. And that's a fraction, a very, very small percentage of the students. Many of them still want to find a meaningful place to learn. So it required understanding that you've got students who are in situations that make it difficult to engage in an online space. And so I think I've got two young kids and it's difficult to control them when I'm on a Zoom lecture. So, you know, put this <laughs> when I was in my early twenties and if you're navigating an a difficult at home situation, if you've got kids of your own, if you're sharing computers and internet where you don't have that space that was yours, that used to come to campus and it was your space. Sure, it's a space shared with 30,000 other of your fellow friends, but it was a space that was yours and now you don't have that. And so you're studying and writing and reading all in the same space. And it's um, it, it really forced me to have some, some conversations with students, younger um, friends um, to get a sense of where they were at, what that experience was like. But I was, I was lucky to have worked with a capstone group last year that they were all very honest about what was going on in their life at home and how it was difficult to transition. And that was really eye-opening for me to see what students are actually going through at home while trying to go through their class. The challenges, you know, that we all face individually and then to try and, and facilitate an online space that helps students get through that and to prioritize their learning over their need to jump through some sort of assessment hoop, which is, I think, what we all in the back of our minds tend to do, especially in some of the technical and applied sciences. We really want to we want students to feel that struggle that we've all felt, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so um, not saying that's how I feel, but I think that it's not, you know, out of the question to really want to create that challenging test and assessment environment. And that's almost impossible to replicate in an online space. Mm -hmm. So speaking of assessments, what have you done and how have you modified them for the online learning world? Yeah, I did a, with the help of continuing education and some, and the Taylor Institute resources provided and just conversations with colleagues, I probably shifted about 75% of the course in terms of how I was assessing. So I had a, a substantial final exam, substantial midterm take home assignments, um, and all of that went away, um, except for the final. So the final is still there, but it's a small fraction of what it used to be. It's worth about half of what the final was worth last year. Um, I have quizzes, which, you know, I've had an interesting experience with the quizzes. I think they're, they're helpful to keep students on track, mm -hmm. but the more classes that do them, students feel that they have a quiz every day of their life as they go through the course, and that's difficult. I incorporated more qualitative writing-based exercises, which in engineering, 
will probably yield you some crummy teacher views. <laughs> but if you're not focused on that and you're focused on the learning part, most of these students, when they graduate, don't recognize how much of their time will be spent communicating. Um, and we, it's, it would be really great to catch them earlier on to really finesse those skills. And it's not technical writing. It's, it can be just plain old writing being able to, to communicate about a topic that may be more technically challenge, challenging um, in, a, in a simpler way, um, mobilizing knowledge, translating knowledge, those are not skill sets that, that we excel at, at providing our engineering students. So this was an opportunity to, to hit some of the additional attributes that we want out of our graduates in engineering in particular that are less on the technical and more on the on some of these communications, the lifelong learning, the connection to um, the environment and social and economic factors. And so I added in an e-portfolio, um, which asked them to, as we went through the course, there's uh, eight modules in the course. And as we went through the course, it's asking them to connect with an artifact of that module that really allows them to see, okay, I understand what the concepts being taught in the class. This is what I see around me that connects to that learning. It allows them to see a module off the page and out of the textbook and in their own real life. Um, and then to connect at the end of their e-portfolio, all of those artifacts they've collected and speak about the progression of thought through the course, because as they go through the course, they learn more and more. They start to see the intersectionality of all these pieces and how difficult of a topic it is. They could look back on the entire portfolio and sort of really see how their progression of thought had changed and evolved um, over the duration of the course. And I also, I had reflective writing component last year um, and I kept those, but I made them the value of them worth more because I wanted them to take more time to reflect, especially during a pandemic when, you know, our world has shifted. I wanted to give them more time to reflect on that. And then I also incorporated discussion boards which was a difficult one for me. <laughs> um, but I wanted to try and create some sort of online space and community for the students where they felt they were actually connecting. So we, we attempted discussion boards for the first time and I've been pleasantly surprised by the depth of their reflection in those discussion boards. So it's been a, a pretty major shift to the way the course was originally designed. So how have you found students reacting to this? Are they receptive to the changes or do they even notice? <laughs> yeah, I definitely think they've noticed and in some ways in great ways in other ways, they've struggled with what they feel is a lot of deliverables. So they'll, they'll look at the number of discussion boards and um, e-portfolios and feel that they have, you know, 500 deliverables, which, you know, first of all, isn't the case, but also some of them are worth one or 2%. And so it gives the students the ability to say, you know what, I don't, I can't prioritize this right now. So I'm not going to do it. And the result of their, to their mark is not you know, that devastating. And so it gives them the flexibility to, to respond to what's happening in their life. I think for the most part, a lot of students have, have liked being able to um, go at their own pace on some of these pieces. So what was critical to being able to provide all of that information was then to give them a space in their schedule to review it. So I cut lectures. Um, that was a difficult decision because I love connecting with students through a lecture. But I recognize that if I filled their lectures three times a week as three one hour lectures a week plus a, a tutorial and their lab space, they would quickly not have time to review the material. And I wanted them to just take a look at the material, then come to lecture and allow me to sort of summarize what I think the key points are. Mm -hmm. 
they should focus their attention. I wanted them to have a chance to engage with that material a bit. So I would say many of them have been really pleased with being able to go through the course on their own time, to be able to interact with all of the material, to see very clearly on day one what their expectations are. They've struggled because there's been a shift in the type of assessment that they're not used to. And that's normal. There would be pushback mm -hmm. regardless of whether it was an online space or not. And I'm, I'm okay with that because I, I know what it's like to, to work in the real world afterwards. And I, I think many of them will come back or recognize at some point that that was a valuable experience. And then there's just the shift, not just the type of assessment, but the number of assessments where they feel overwhelmed. But on day one, they knew exactly when everything was due. And so they could plan ahead accordingly. Um, so it's, I, I think it's been a good experience in that students feel organized. They feel they know what to expect. Um, they feel they can go through the course uh, in an appropriate amount of time and they have space built into their schedule to allow them to really jump into that material a bit more. But I think I would be lying if I said that it wasn't a difficult transition for them because they also don't understand the difference between remote learning and online learning. And they don't understand what it's like to be in an online learning space because it's not what they signed up for. So there's pushback that, that I think is normal and, and it's good and it's healthy to have those conversations and figure out how best we can help students navigate it going forward. Sounds like a lot of empathizing happening and just kind of putting yourself in their shoes as well as trying to get them to see sort of the perspective of where you're coming from at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I tell them all, the last thing I want is at the end of the day for this course to be causing undue stress in what is already a very stressful environment, whether or not you, you get COVID or not, just living in a world where this kind of pandemic exists and the uncertainty that especially students here in an Albertan setting with the economy, the downturn in the economy and the uncertainty that exists in their lives regardless as a student. Like I, I think back to when I was and felt the level of anxiety I felt in a world that was, you know, in pretty good order at the time. So to then have all of that on top of this world that we're living in, I'm trying to tell them, you know, if it's the difference between submitting a discussion board or not, don't submit the discussion board. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to and you want to just get partial marks, then own it. Own that you've done a, a, a mediocre job and accept the mark that you get with it and move on. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that's causing you undue stress and you don't know how you're going to navigate through those assessments, then you, you just reach out and say, I think, you know, I don't, not sure I can do this. Is there something else we can work around? And okay, we'll figure it out. I was very clear that the assessments needed to be offered over a 24 hour period. And I stand really by that. Um, I, it's impossible to ask students to sit down at 10 a.m. and have a dedicated, un, no distractions to, to, to complete their quiz. It's impossible. I know members have done it and, and if they're successful in that, great. Um, but every single quiz and the final exam is given a 24 hour period. Within that time, you can start and complete it with additional time that the university requires you to provide in fairness of the student. Um, and it, is it more work for me to make sure that collaboration isn't encouraged? Absolutely. Is it more work for me as an educator to, to frame up those quizzes and midterms? It takes easily triple the time to come mm -hmm. up with ways that students can't, you know, easily cheat on. Um, are marks a little bit higher than they would be? Probably, but I'm also really pleasantly surprised by the depth of understanding that the students have in this subject matter. And I'm okay if they leave not having necessarily hit all of those super technical design requirements as high up as I would have liked them to do. We haven't had a space to really, to facilitate that, but they, they have a much broader understanding of how this material 
connects to them in real life and how they can communicate about it. Um, and actually, even on the technical piece, with the quizzes are exclusively, um, you know, quantitative problem analysis questions. So I've been pretty impressed with their solutions on those as well. So whether or not they're looking at their textbook or not, like to me, doesn't really matter. Um, that's life. That's the life that we're living in. So there's no situation where anybody working from home, I could guarantee that they weren't going to Google or look on the internet. <laughs> like, give me a break. <laughs> please I'd probably do that so I mean it's it's just impossible that that would add too much stress so I'm I'm I've been pretty impressed with their response and their resilience to all of this but it does require you to really understand the experience which is you know maybe not something that as faculty members we're always that good at understanding those are some really good words to live by and some advice for other people who are doing this too so moving forward, uh, what do you hope will continue or change um, as we move into the winter term? Yeah, I'm hopeful that the way in which we all talk to each other about the courses that we're running and how the student experience every single year across all of the courses that they're taking is we take that into account. I know we've tried, I've tried connecting with you know, faculty members who were offering courses in the same year, because it's one thing for me to be flexible, but we all kind of need to be talking the same language. So I'm hopeful that we become better at, at planning um, as a collective for these courses. I'm hopeful that um, we learn a bit more about some of the awesome tools that exist out there. Like every day, I feel like I'm someone's telling me about this great tool that they're utilizing. I wish I'd known about, you know, two weeks ago. And so I, I'm hopeful that our, our understanding of it improves. I, I don't, you know, think that it's going to change anytime soon, even when things get better. I could see us being in a bit of a blended environment. I can also see continuing some of this work regardless um, of having a bit of a blended online in-person uh, experience for the students, because I think it, I think that it helps them navigate information in a really different way. Uh, and sometimes in certain ways, a more meaningful way, if you view it as an opportunity to kind of press a reset on the way in which we've been educating our students, then it opens up a lot of doors. So I know you're very busy and you've got lots on the go today. So uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we go? Uh, I don't think so. I think, um, one second. <laughs> um, I think a really humbling experience to be a, an educator in this time in our to be at, this, at the University of Calgary during this time. I think the supports have been key that the university provides. Um, the only way to really succeed as a faculty member, as an educator, is with the supports that they, that they provide. And I also am super thankful for the students and their ability to just sort of roll with the punches right now. Um, for the most part, I think they've been pretty, pretty resilient and adaptive and flexible to, to all of this. So I, I think I, I know I'm doing my best, but I can see that the university is as well, and the students are. Well, thank you so much for joining me and sharing all of your thoughts on teaching and learning through COVID. No, thank you for having me. Well, folks, that was my coffee chat with Carrie Black. Thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on the show. It was great to hear what you had to say about teaching and learning during COVID. And thank you to you for listening. For more information on the project, visit the website at covidcoffeechats.ucalgaryblogs.ca. And if you'd like to connect with me, feel free to email me at maya.anderson at ucalgary.ca. Take care and see you next time.